Welcome to another Mother Runner. This is Sarah Bowen Shea, and I'm here in the studio by myself. Even Alex isn't here. I'm so lonely. Uh, But I wasn't before, because this is a crossover episode that I got to record in person at a brew pub with the Portland-based folks at Bib Rave, husband and wife duo Tim and Jessica Murphy. Like I said, we got together at a brew pub, and we had a point-counterpoint conversation about issues mother runners face versus child-free couples like Tim and Jess. It was all in good fun. It was an eye-opening conversation roaming from topics like sleep, priorities, time constraints, and mom guilt. So, but before we get to that fun conversation, here are two bits of business. We are looking for shortish, yes, that's an actual word we're making up here, anecdotes about you and your sports bra. We'll sprinkle a handful of these voice memos into an episode of our podcast in early June, which is, you guessed it, about sports bras. So your sports bra stories can be a trip into your gear drawer, like, I'm still wearing the same sports bra I did a decade ago, or a TMI moment, the zipper came undone at mile five, ah, a feeling of empowerment, I'm hashtag sports bra squad because... Um, a frustration. Why do I always chafe under my left armpit, but not my right? Or whatever is on your mind about sports bras. Please record a voice memo. That's something you do on your iPhone or who knows, maybe, I don't know, maybe on an Android. Um, have them be 60 seconds or less. Start it with your first name plus where you live. And then email your voice memo to bammer at anothermotherrunner.com. That's B-A-M-R at anothermotherrunner.com, and please send those to us by Friday, May 31st. All right, in the second order of business, I have to ask, are you part of Many Happy Miles yet? Because if you're not, get on it! Many Happy Miles is our annual membership program that gets you 12 months of workouts and fun challenges, exclusive workouts and podcasts with experts. Dimity just hosted a webinar, for instance, with Olympic silver medalist marathoner Dina Castor as part of Many Happy Miles. That content was only available to people who are in Many Happy Miles. Also includes steep discounts on our favorite gear. For instance, Many Happy Milers received 20%, 20% off all merch in the Mother Runner store this month, and so much more. You get all this goodness for just $160. It's like a daily dose of inspiration, motivation to keep you moving and take care of yourself. To get all the details and to sign up, go to anothermotherrunner.com slash many happy miles. Again, that's anothermotherrunner.com slash many happy miles. We're going to take a quick break, but when we return, I'll be chatting with the Bibrave folks. Stay tuned. Okay, my sister from another mother, Sarah Bonche, <laughs> welcome back to the Bibrave podcast. I'm delighted to be back with the two of you. Yes, Woo-hoo. we are very happy to be here. We are at Ex Novo Brewery in Portland. Jessica and I are sitting with Sarah on a absolutely glorious, sunny Portland day, and Mm -hmm. uh, we are excited to talk about, I think, a very interesting and potentially charged conversation. Yes, charged, good work. Yeah, so first of all, maybe if you could just like share with the audience how you put the topic. So the topic that we're talking about is different perspectives and what maybe irks, I think was the word you Mm -hmm. used, what irks. (laughs) parents about child-free runners and Mm -hmm. vice versa Mm -hmm. and so you put out a question to your facebook audience which was amazing uh maybe just share a little bit about what you saw coming back and we can dive into some of the specifics there too it was uh we got a lot of responses last i saw was like over a (laughs) hundred yes yes so we got uh it was quite high engagement Mm -hmm. and definitely some recurring themes 
um, around sleep, around uh, destination races, which yes. I thought was appropriate given. People had thoughts. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and so um, some people obviously um, felt kind of lit up by the topic. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, and I mean, certainly no animosity by any means, but just kind of a, um, a feeling of a lack of um, understanding and appreciation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, Sarah, we reached out to you maybe two months, two or three months ago, because I was like, Mother's Day is coming up. We're planning our podcast. Obviously, we'd love to have you on. And we were just thinking, like, what would be a great topic? And it just struck me, like, this is something that I feel like is just different about us. We don't have kids. Mm -hmm. Obviously, you have a whole community of runners that has Mm -hmm. children. And people in our community have children. But specifically, not only Tim and I, but our entire team, Bibrave is Mm -hmm. Mm child-free, all 17 Bibrave employees. So it just struck me, like, we need to explore this more. So um, maybe, I don't know how we want to kick off. And you all are also pet-free, might I add. We are, yes. Yes. Yeah. Well, and that... And you you specified that in the the question to your audience, which didn't really... I don't know if you guys talked about that, but I hadn't thought about that, but it certainly is another complicating factor if you're talking about, like, traveling or getting out for your runs or whatever it might be. I think it's worth setting the stage because... So Tim and I got married in 2011 that's eight years ago Mm -hmm. and Tim grew up with pets his whole life I didn't but I knew Tim loved pets and I thought okay this might we might have pets one day Mm -hmm. and we had then immediately a bunch of friends who prior to us before we were even married had kids but before they had kids they're like let's get a pet first this seems Mm -hmm. like the the Mm -hmm. gateway drug the trial baby Mm -hmm. yes Mm -hmm. but what I realized is then they had all of this responsibility before having kids. Mm-hmm. So even at that moment, I remember us getting on the same page, like no pets until if at some point we have kids, that would be the time we have pets. Cause we're not going like, to, we're not going to do the trial baby. We're not going to okay. get like, into ex- that commitment <laughs> okay. before it's time to be committed to something oh. other than each other. Okay. So my current husband is my second husband or, and uh, so my first husband and I had a mantra no plants, no pets, no kids. Yeah. Yeah. We have no plants either. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I've tried for plants and pets. So I did have a cat before we got married. Mm. Snoop. And oh. he's amazing. Snoop the cat. Snoop and, the cat. And who has Snoop the cat So now? there was almost, there was like a, a minor rift in the family because Snoop is, Snoop is like the kind of cat that just wants to hang out and be pet and lay with you and play fetch, like mm-hmm. actually like play fetch. <laughs> and uh, he... I got him because I wanted to just have like a fat, lazy cat who would hang around because she was in Chicago and I was in Milwaukee and I was going back and forth and I thought he could just travel with us. Nothing doing. Mm-hmm. Does not hang in the car. So I was just gone too much and he's so social. I'm like, I'm not going to keep him. It's just he's he's super unhappy. My sister had watched him a couple of times. My parents had watched him a couple of times. Both developed pretty strong bonds with him. Mm-hmm. And when word got out that I was going to you know, look for a new home for Snoop, they both had like pretty strong cases to be made. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, my dad just like pulled rank and he's like, you know, I don't really ask for a ton and I just really like this cat. And my little sister's like, well, shit, what am I supposed to do with that? And so my parents have the cat and he is now easily the most important family member to them. They love him a lot. So oh my we have experimented with the cat, but he did add a lot of complications that sort of affirmed what Jessica was saying. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, yeah it that's does. The I mean, it, you know, I mean, it even makes just taking a long run difficult if you have a a dog that's not used to being left alone. Mm-hmm. So yeah. You know. So you mentioned that there were some recurring themes. I, you know, it's also funny like the three of us came with so many notes for this because we're. Oh like, my goodness! Honestly, I, I, there was just a lot to sift through. I read every word of every comment. Oh, I'm impressed. No, I'm impressed, yeah. there was a lot there. 
So I guess, I don't know, we maybe should have talked about this before we went on the air, but I was going to just like start by sharing a few things that I thought were like, you know, I thought that were really positive and were like interesting to me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, some of them are kind of lighthearted, but one of them that like jumped out at me was one of the first comments was sort of a like call for empathy. And I do feel like that's something that you alluded to before, where it's just like an, a lack of understanding of perspective or background and things that we think we know that maybe we don't and things that we don't know we don't know. So <laughs> I feel like if that's how we like not just the three of us but like this larger conversation of people are like I don't know what they have going on they don't know they don't know what I have going on but like even acknowledging that can I think bring bring down the temperature a little bit yeah definitely you know don't if you haven't run a mile in their running shoes yeah you know don't don't uh cast dispersion and the, um and one woman um Tracy said that um she said if you have to end the sentence with um, not judging or anything, <laughs> then maybe, you maybe know, you should judging. be saying, you yeah. are judging and you shouldn't be saying what you're saying. Yes. Yeah. Like yeah. if somebody opens with no offense, but mm-hmm. yeah, you know what's coming. <laughs> so that was something that I thought was very interesting at the beginning and I thought was like a really good tone setter. Yeah. To take it in a less serious note, man, I this was not the first I heard it, but... Uh, having kids really complicates peeing. <laughs> that came up so often. A lot of our friends had the same problem. So again, this was not my first uh, exposure to that. But man, that featured prominently. That's so funny because I totally thought I I um, cut and pa- I cut and pasted tons of responses, and I definitely thought I did the the TMI ones because we love ourselves some TMI. <laughs> Lots of peeing references. Yeah, so definitely the um, you know uh, you know not being able to understand that you have to pee a bunch of times before a race. Maybe you're going to pee yourself in the race, mm-hmm. you know, on a, whatever it is. So yeah, there's, there's that. And you know, that people, I, mean, I think, I think a lot of women or some women, it, no matter whether they've had a child or not, have trouble like doing jumping jacks or, you know, box jumps and you know, they have a little leakage mm-hmm. and, um, but, but for some women it gets, the issue gets very bad yeah. after uh, giving you know, being pregnant and giving birth. Yeah. So, yeah. So no, no. Um, you know, when someone shows up in only black capris all the time, there might be a reason for oh, it. Oh, I, yeah. I didn't yeah. think yeah. about that, yeah. but yeah. all right. Yeah. And I hadn't thought about that until somebody in our circle, which I won't say who it is, we were out one day and she wore gray capris. Mm-hmm. And then we were somewhere where we couldn't find a bathroom and there was panic and I didn't know. And so finally I was just like, just tell me. And once she told me, I was like, girl I'll help you but I you know it, it did strike me that there was some sense of like maybe embarrassment or or um, uncertainty and so that's why I'm like let's just talk about it because you know runners should feel like they could tell anybody sure. anything, even if I'm not a mom and I haven't experienced that or maybe as a non I haven't had a child but maybe I have that problem too so you can never assume right. that yeah. nobody uh, other yeah. people can't understand your perspective yeah. there I saw uh, what looked to me like a high school, or maybe she was in college uh, running yesterday, and she was wearing, um, you know, kind of the little tiny boy shorts or the, you know, mm-hmm. the shorts that some people race in, and they were red. And I just thought, oh, no, that that's just like a, a spot of any, you know, of sweat, of pee, of yep. whatever waiting to happen. I just thought, wow, that shows real daring. I mean, I only wear black shorts just because... It's, I'm going to sweat in all sorts of places where you don't want attention called to. Mm-hmm. So even from like 
Yeah, particularly in a race photo. I mean, that you know, you're like, yeah, that's awesome. I'm smiling. Like my arms look good. And oh, there's a big old spot. Oh, that's, and I peed myself. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so does that happen? Has that happened to you? Uh, uh, has not. I have not um, ruined a race photo because of that. But Dimity, def- my business partner, definitely mm-hmm. has had that happen. She went to Austin. She and her husband uh, went and ran the Austin Half Marathon together over Valentine's Day weekend. Mm-hmm. Super romantic. And she was wearing dark gray capris, but not quite dark enough. Mm. So, And it was uh, it was mainly perspiration. So, Because, um, I mean, I definitely get big sweat stains. So they're, oh, yeah. they're embarrassing kind of no matter where they show up. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, yeah. Um, one other area that I thought was, it was very eye-opening for me. Was, and I was like actually found myself getting I found myself getting different levels of animation from different uh, different comments this one I actually st- like kind of got mad at mm. I had no idea people don't get the hell out of the way for strollers oh like, they were pushing strollers people don't move I know and that was that was surprising to me too that um, you know take say can we please disc- discuss stroller etiquette mm-hmm. and but it kind of goes both ways though because um, you know that they're you know this mom who's pushing a double stroller is saying you know come on I don't want to jostle my kid have to go off the track you know go off the paved pavement onto like some grass bumping them around you know that whole thing but then also you get the you know if you do get uh, moms who go too abreast with strollers yeah you know, it's like, that's inconsiderate too yeah and particularly because if it's not just a runner it could also be a cyclist mm-hmm. and so then you know do you really want somebody on a, a touring bike to have to ride you know on gravel or something like that so anytime you're occupying the entire breadth of space yes. you should be like this isn't considerate there are mm-hmm. other people this isn't mm-hmm. my path yeah so like if somebody's walking with their dog on a leash and that leash is spanning the mm-hmm. entire breadth of the road i'm like mm-hmm. you're being such an asshole just because you're not considering anybody else yeah, right right and that's it <laughs> it's gonna be like a tripwire a literal yeah. tripwire yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. i will say I do have a little bit of experience pushing a stroller. So my one of my very first girlfriends to have a child, I was marathon training. And so she would join me. Actually, it was awesome because she would join me for like the back half of my long run. Oh, nice. Uh-huh. She was a little bit slower than me. So what I would do is I would push the stroller. True friend, so Jess. True friend. could keep up with me or I would slow me down and then we would be like running at the same pace. And it t- t- really taught you how to run on tired legs, you know, because yes, it would be that much more of an ordeal. It's hard to run when you can't swing your arms back and forth mm-hmm. or you have to do the rotate. So like like right arm holds, swing mm-hmm. your swing left arm. Left, yeah. uh-huh. um, so I do think people, everybody should try that just so you know how hard it is. Yes. Yes, it is hard. But yeah, one of the women on our Facebook page said, you know, like, hey, don't let me interrupt your conversation. Like, you know, come on, just split apart for a little bit to let the stroller go yeah. through. And it's yeah. like if you're running four abreast on the path and you're four mm-hmm. single people, like mm-hmm. there's other people going on, like trying to get their run on. So, mm-hmm. And also then that means you, mom, pushing a stroller are passing these other people. So mm-hmm. good for you. Yeah, chicken them. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> um, well, let's dive into some of the meteor is- issues. So you brought up the idea of sleep. So tell us, tell us about sleep. What do we need to be educated and schooled on? <laughs> that, um, that, wow, us mother runners really are deprived of sleep. And we have some great comments about that. So I want to get to those, but my computer's being uh, temperamental. Yeah, that was that was probably, the this, I would say, the single most common subject brought up in this very robust comment thread on Facebook. It was a lot of... So what I what I saw was a lot of references to just generally being tired. That was that was another kind of theme I saw. Like 
some people weren't actually talking about what irks them about child-free people. They were just sharing things that's frustrating about being a mom, mm-hmm. period. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Sleep definitely factored into that as well. But, man, people, I think people were really clearly, like, irked by any sort of, like, child-free person expressing fatigue. Right. Yeah, like, yeah. The, yeah. Kind we, of ever. Yes. We had... Um, uh, this woman named Christy say, my biggest gripe is listening to how tired they are. Mm-hmm. Really? Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> you know, but I mean, somebody else also said, you know, how do you know that that single person isn't holding down two jobs, getting a master's degree, taking care of an elderly mother, you know, volunteering at the yes. soup kitchen, that whole thing. But so, um, yeah, um, one woman, Amy, said... Uh, that it bothers her to hear complaints about how sleep deprived and busy they are. She says, you don't know sleep deprivation until you have a newborn who thinks uh, days are night and nights are day. You don't know how busy you are every wake when until your every waking moment include those that are in the middle of the night involves only tasks uh, revolving around keeping someone else alive. Mm -hmm. And I really love that, Mm -hmm. you know, that it's not just like, I don't know. You're not studying for a test. Right. You're right, not right, writing right. a paper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So the <laughs> you know, stakes kinda. are a bit higher. <laughs> yes, yeah. Yes. I'll grant that. <laughs> right. Right. Um, yeah. And then um, someone else kind of lumped into that also about maintaining their weight. Mm-hmm. Um, that, 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 you know, sometimes sleep and weight go hand in hand. For sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah. So it is... I mean, I remember the when I did, speaking of sleep, I remember the um, first few times I did the Hood to Coast Relay, I didn't have kids. And I just remember being so difficult to wake up, if you're in the van, to wake up and then, like, rouse yourself enough to get out and run. And I felt so badly for the person who was first in the van because they really, like, after a, you know, a downtime, they had to get up and go. And after I had kids, man, I was like, I want to be runner number one. I want to be runner number six because when I wake up, I am good, like, I'm, it's go time. And that, that it really, there's no, like, groggy, like, rubbing your eyes, yeah. you know, stretching for a while. It's like, no, 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 I got to do something now. Like, I got to yeah. I gotta stop someone from throwing up. I got to change sheets. I got to breastfeed. I got to do whatever. Mm-hmm. And so it really changed how I approach relay races. And we'll yeah. say that. What I want to know is, so I used to be very good at surviving on little sleep. In my younger years, I could stay up late. I could wake up early and still get my run in on very little sleep. And I feel like as I've gotten older, I'm much worse at that. Mm -hmm. And so I'm curious if you experienced that, but then all of a sudden when you had kids, then you reverted back to being just productive on low sleep because you could? Or because you had to? You had to. I guess, yeah, not could. You had to. Yes, definitely. And, and also your definition, uh, it, your mental mindset definition of what constitutes enough sleep changes mm-hmm. that you think like, oh, sweet, I got three uninterrupted hours mm-hmm. between when I had to feed the twins and when I got up for my run, you mm-hmm. know? And so I was like, yes. And, you know, and then, oh, and I had a, you know two hours before that and fed them and then two hours again. And so, you know, whereas before if I'd been, you know, three hours of uninterrupted sleep, I would have been like, what? No. I so, um yeah, so, so, yes, and now, you know, sometimes I'll see somebody with a baby and, and I'll think, oh, it would be so wonderful to have a baby again. I'm like, no way, I need my sleep so desperately. Mm. <laughs> so, so, yeah, perspective definitely changes there. I, I totally appreciate the initial point you made because I think that brings us all back to, like, the empathetic standpoint. Like, 
it's so presumptuous to be like, I am the arbiter. I, I am the decider of what is legitimate fatigue and what is not. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, that really takes some gall mm-hmm. because you just have no idea what people are going through. Sure. You have no idea what they carry around or what they're struggling with. Sure. And I just don't understand. What I don't understand is why somebody else getting a lot of sleep or talking about I, talking about not getting sleep why that like bothers them I mean I, I suppose it's an, just annoying and not a big deal and that was another thing I saw in the comments a lot a lot of people were like listen this isn't that big of a deal this kind of mm-hmm. irks me that's mm-hmm. it which mm-hmm. I think is like completely fair but the people that get really carried away I'm like it seems like they're choosing to hang on to these things that don't actually affect them very much mm-hmm. like if Jessica and I were sitting here talking to you about oh we're so tired we're so tired and you're like oh my god mm-hmm. just knowing what I know about you you probably wouldn't carry that around with you all day you'd probably be like eh, okay that's different whatever right but well, one thing I definitely having a child makes you realize that time is a continuum that we are on a 24 hour clock whereas when you when I didn't have kids I will speak for myself there was always that built in reset button mm. and that I knew and so that 10 p.m. on Tuesday felt very different than 6 a.m. Wednesday when I would be or 5 a.m. Wednesday when I'd be getting up whereas with kids it's just it's all in this big circle and it's all just going around and around and around and I can even see Jess being kind of like confused like what is she talking about and it's just that there's no there is no break like particularly I mean I had there's no reset yeah yeah and so that it's Tuesday becomes Wednesday, Wednesday becomes Thursday, Thursday, and that you're that you're all you're with that flow. There's no like, oh, it's Wednesday. You know, like when you fly on a red eye and you fall asleep and you're like you start in San Francisco and you wake up in New York and you have no memory of flying over Denver. Mm-hmm. That's what it's like when you don't have children because going from night to day. And with kids, you you are aware that you're having to get up and do something and that so that you're never just fully off. And to clarify, we're just talking about young kids who interrupt your sleep. Like at some point when they sleep, like if you have a, if you have an eight and a ten year old, does that still apply? Well, you know that's interesting because then on the Facebook page, um, one mom pointed out that she is you know staying up till her daughter gets home from babysitting, or staying up until the son gets home from a party, Finish or studying. Help the one woman who stayed up until one next I to know. her child helping them do homework. I'm like, so, oh no 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 no, yeah. I, you're on your own there. <laughs> so so it sort of depends but you know um particularly waiting for teenagers to get home and it's a little less i think now that we have uber and lyft and so you're not as worried about them getting behind the wheel of the car or calling you but there is there is that factor that's so, very often. yeah well it's interesting because as you were talking about the circular whatever nature of time yes <laughs> perfect um so one of my girlfriends who had kids, so she, I had two really close girlfriends that had kids the year that Tim and I got married. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember her describing, she felt like everything that she did every day was constantly getting undone. Like I'm, mm-hmm. I'm tying, oh. I'm tying up your shoe for you to untie it. I'm putting on your sock, waiting for you to un, un, like take it off. And she felt like nothing was ever getting accomplished. So that seems like what that like I'm cooking breakfast just to then have to cook again yes. and you never feel like I can check something off as being done. Most definitely. Yeah, there is always another dinner to make. There's always more lunches to make and I sometimes I will see empty nesters and I I like will go into their living room and see the way the pillows are on their couch and I think, "Oh my gosh, like there until someone takes a nap on that couch, those pillows are going to look that way <laughs> like for the rest of the week." I mean, I can't even Either my dog or cats or kids will knock those pillows off. And it is, 
It's I always love the pillows of the litmus <laughs> test. Yeah. All right, so I'm going to throw Tim under the bus. Are we ready? Yeah. Like, I actually I, thought that's why we're all here. <laughs> I do most of the cooking in our household, probably like 80 to 90 percent. And, and, and then I do most of the dishes, probably out, 80 to 90 percent. Outside of the cooking, I feel like we each have our irks. Like Tim is very particular about where things go in the bathroom, and then I'm particular about where things go in the kitchen. And sometimes I consistently put things not in the place where Tim wants them and vice versa. Mm. So is that... Do you feel like it's crazy that I would compare that to what your kids are doing to your household? Well, because it's not like Tim then takes everything out of the kitchen and puts it, you know, sprinkles it all over the the countertop. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, we won't even go there. I mean, just making them, you know, taking out two boxes of, you know, mac and cheese, making it, putting the, you know, and do my children know where the garbage can is? Yeah. I mean, I think Tim probably knows where the garbage can okay. is. Sure do. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. <laughs> and just, uh, I remember um, I had uh, this um, friends, they now do actually have a child, but um, he was so fastidious, such a neat Nick. And when he saw somebody's diaper genie, do you all know what a diaper yes. genie is? It makes oh, little yeah. kind of sausages with plastic bags mm-hmm. of used it's diapers. pretty amazing. And he was like, that's brilliant. I want one of those for my kitchen. So it'll like wrap all the garbage up and keep oh. it. And I was like, whoa, that's going a little far. That's pretty far. Yeah. When you need neat garbage. Yes. Yes. Yeah. That's pretty far. You need to let go. Yeah. I think the difference here is that, you know, there's one like small thing that I think Jessica's referencing. Like we're in a, a, a very... A very low temperature war in the bathroom about mm. where a, a toothbrush goes, mainly because I keep knocking something over. So I'm like, do you mind just putting it over here because there's more space? At the end of the day, even if she does that wrong or doesn't like, you know, put it on the, the space that the side that I'm asking, if she does that wrong two weeks in a row. I still know that I'm dealing with a rational human who's like just got a lot on her mind and just it, she's not trying to do that wrong or she's not trying to like deviate, but she's also not just like making a total mess and dumping out all the shampoo bottles into the bath mm-hmm. and all over the bed. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm still dealing with a non-chimp-like person. <laughs> you say the sweetest <laughs> things about your wife, Tim. No, I have to say, so then to maybe educate me, Tim will then put my toothbrush somewhere totally random so that I can't find it, and he's it's thinking that, that will help me it. learn It's quickly. never that she can't find it, but it'll be like teetering on something weird just as like a very it's it sounds very it's very passive aggressive but i'm trying to be funny when i do that so i want to know if you do that with your kids no i'm just kidding um how do we get on this topic we're talking about sleep time not stopping your definition of sleeping different okay so then to me that leads into this idea of prioritization Mm because i get you know Mm. some moms were definitely like you make it work you just get up earlier and some moms were just like I don't oh, tell me to just make it a priority that was my number one thing so mm-hmm. I put things I kind of tried to categorize things and put things in capital bold letters and the just wake up early rationale it had the most entries to it yeah sure did I mean more they, than sleep well I guess that's kind of the same thing kind yeah. of tied yeah those yeah. those were but so um it grinds this Katie said it grinds my gears when I hear someone say it's just a matter of making it a priority well maybe it is but work sleep kids housework and kids sports mm-hmm. are also competing for my time so I I highlighted this one exactly what struck me about that is she took issue with the fact that it's about prioritization and then immediately acknowledged that it is about prioritization mm-hmm. I think the issue there is she, I think Kate we want to make an example out of Katie I don't mean to but she said, maybe it is, but I have all these other competing priorities. Mm-hmm. That's super true. And the priorities she put up there are perfectly valid. And if fitness takes a bottom position on that totem pole, 
that's great. That's fine. Going to kids' soccer practices instead, that might be a better, like a higher priority. There's nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. I Where I bristle at is the refusal to acknowledge that there are priorities and that we are choosing priorities with every choice we make every day. Mm-hmm. And we can't like do everything. One of our friends that has kids, and she's a mother of three, and I think what she uses to educate and remind her husband and her kids is that we can do anything we want. We just can't do everything we want. Mm-hmm. So we are always prioritizing. Mm-hmm. And if you choose to make soccer practice a priority over fitness, own that like that is yeah. great mm-hmm. I feel like that is a perfectly healthy place to be but I don't think that it's healthy to be like it's not about prioritization I have too much you're mm-hmm. always choosing right right yeah and there's if somebody's judging her for not making prior, fitness a priority because of all those other things that's a problem that's different yeah yeah but yeah, I yeah. think that it's fair to say it is a matter of priorities and we all make decisions yes yes I like this comment and I p- categorize this under new priorities and this comment comes from Casey who says um, that when you um, get the you get the runs done when you can. Sometimes it means treadmill miles or shorter distances because kid is napping. And then she says, this doesn't mean you aren't motivated and dedicated and aren't taking the training cycle seriously. It just means you have new priorities. 100%. Yeah. yeah. 100%. And yeah. I guess to me that the where maybe my my friction is, is that the idea of prioritization isn't specific to kids. So when I started my, when I was working at Runner's World previously, I was traveling to the East Coast all the time, and I was like, okay, I was trying to, I trained for a marathon in the fall, obviously that was very challenging, and in the spring I was like, normally I would train for a spring marathon, it doesn't seem like a prudent thing to do. And Mm -hmm. even though I've run a spring marathon for the past however many years in a row, right now I'm choosing to make career more of a priority Mm -hmm. and it's okay. And I, so I still run, but just shorter distances. And it seems like that would be a similar choice. Do you agree with that? Do you think it's a fair comparison or you're like, it's totally different? No, yeah. And we even have a chapter in, I think it's in Run Like a Mother. Maybe it's in Train Like a Mother talking about that you should look to see kind of that don't take on a huge uh, fitness goal, a huge running goal, like a marathon, like your first half marathon, like, a, you know, Olympic distance triathlon after doing a bunch of sprint ones. If you are changing jobs, you're moving, your husband's deployed, you know, your, uh, you know, mother's Alzheimer's getting worse and you need to find a place, a care facility for her. Something like that, that you have to say like, you know what? Okay. I, I need to turn, turn away a little from running. Yes. Put it in, put it on a different shelf and pay more attention to this other thing. You can devote more time and energy to taking care of your health in other ways that does not involve taking a full hour pause on your day which might just not be in the cards at that point in your life Mm -hmm. and i think Mm -hmm. that that is totally fair and like that is a very adult thing to say and recognize yes yes and and that you do and that it it sometimes is hard to get okay with that Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. and that you i think as runners we have a lot of pressure everybody's like oh okay jess you just did you know the illinois marathon what's next what's next and they're always like oh yeah you know and i had to really let go of having the an answer for what's next Mm -hmm. and that was um uh, a journey for me yeah and i think that that's a hard place for a lot of people to get to you know present company included but ultimately it's up to us whether or not we want to carry that around Mm -hmm. or not Mm -hmm. or just like get off the ride Mm -hmm. and i feel like Mm -hmm. that's something we're all gonna have to face yeah yeah so i want to dovetail this into a conversation then about mom guilt because i feel like we got that that was that that was was second on the list mm -hmm. i feel like prioritization if you choose to prioritize let's say training for a race and you miss some practices or you're missing moments then is mom guilt 
And I think personally, so I'm going to just put this out in the ether. I grew up in an Asian parent household, mm -hmm. and my Asian parents were all about the academics and didn't care about any of my extracurriculars. Mm. So they didn't come to any... I mean, I think I had four band concerts a year, four choir concerts a year. I was always in the musical. And in my entire high school life, they maybe went to like two of those wow. events. So would, you, would you say that they viewed those things as almost detracting from or a needless distraction from academics? Yes. Now, clearly, I carry some baggage with this, but it hasn't negatively affected who I am as a person. And I don't have kids. So I think about, like, what would I choose? Would I be like, okay, I'm only going to go to two out of four choir concerts because I need to prioritize myself and that will make me a better mother? Because mm -hmm. if I don't, then I'll start to regret my kids. And I, I of course, I've thought of all these things because my friends have gone through all these things. So mm -hmm. I'm just sharing my un experienced opinion and I want to know like your thought it like is it foolish to think I mean I know it's not simple but in my mind I think I would be able to just be super Asian about it and <laughs> but I don't know hashtag super Asian yeah <laughs> exactly hashtag tiger mom it's all about education no I mean obviously a lot of to be Asian clear you had four shows from one category four shows from another category times four so you had like 32 shows and they went to two? Oh sure yeah okay well, mm -hmm. and I knew because of four years of high school, mm -hmm. right. just and helping people with the math. Yes, yep. and I, I, I did jump ahead. I knew that that's not something they were personally interested in. So the ones that like, again, people are going to psychoanalyze me. Like as a kid, I was like, okay, the things that were super important when I was the lead in the musical, I made mm. them go to it. Yeah. If it was like one concert that I thought, okay, they would find this interesting, I made them go to it. The stuff that I was like, they're not mm -hmm. going to be interested in, mm -hmm. I didn't even broach that. Mm -hmm. I haven't even gotten to. I mean, I was involved in a lot of activities. There were more. But I, then I had friends whose parents went to everything, and then I'm like, oh, that seems Which like so much. basically me. My parents went to, I was every a wrestler. Every single wrestling they tournament, went to, every Saturday. They went to Saturday. every tournament, and those tournaments are eight hours long on a Saturday. Oh, my goodness. And they went to everyone, both of them. Wow. My dad missed one wrestling match I ever had. He had to, like, leave town for something unexpected, and he, like, was totally torn up about it. But so I had, like, gosh. the complete opposite experience. You seem maladjusted. So, I, I think thanks. I'm maladjusted. Yeah. I don't know, but I don't know. So, so, one, so I do want to say one thing, that, that also it's not just the band concerts and the wrestling matches, but it's the... I remember I came home from a 16-mile training run when I was training for Big Sur, and my son had learned how to ride a bike when I was gone. Oh, no. And, and he was super young, super young. So it came from, it wasn't like this was something we'd seen coming for a couple of weeks. It was like, look at the little dude on the little bike crushing it. And so then that afternoon, I took him to a park and he had only gone a very short distance. So I took him to a park and let him really go on it for a while. And so I was trying to kid myself, no pun intended, <laughs> that I was there for the first part of it. You know, and so I got to see, okay, well, the first time he went 100 yards on a bike. <laughs> and Is Donald Trump your inner monologue? <laughs> <laughs> the first time I was on a bike. Oh, God. So, like so, so that, and I, that, and that I came back from that run. It was sunny like it is today. I just remember it so clearly. And, and Jack was like, look, look at John. And I was like, oh... And so, but it, but it can even be something smaller than that. It's you know just them, I don't know, being there cute and putting their foot in their mouth the first time you're they're on the changing table or something. I mean, there's so many things. And and so the question, the real the comment that really stood out to me was, um, mom guilt. It's something fierce. 
that I didn't understand until I lived it. The guilt of taking time for yourself when someone else has to watch your kid and you're losing the few precious moments you could have with them with your child between work and bedtime and all the chores. So so I I think also it's really compounded for women who work outside the home. Sure. And that I I yeah. I feel like that I was just like I had nothing to say about. I was just like I don't have any point of comparison. I don't have any way to understand that like that was I feel like that is a very unique well you know one thing I mean you two having a a long distance I mean Milwaukee Chicago not super long distance but you know you know like when you would go visit just for the weekend did you ever get a sense of like oh I'm supposed to go on a 20 miler but I really just want to snuggle here with Jess and you know pop some popcorn and watch a movie and you know that sort of thing and so the leave you know the leaving and taking time for yourself um, I mean, I guess I realize Jessica's like gone with you. But. You're being very charitable by trying to bring that to the same level. We we were like long distance from Denver to, uh, I'm sorry, from Denver to Chicago and from Chicago to DC. Like we had, we actually had lots of long distance. But even though neither of us was a serious runner at the time, I still don't think I was ever like like I I kind of I can see glimmers of what your what the comparison yeah. might be, but I don't think that it leads to this like self loathing and almost like self-resentment for not being there all the time mm-hmm. that that mm-hmm. mothers and fathers mm-hmm. face like mm-hmm. i just don't that that kept coming up in the comments and i was like man that's just brutal and i, don't, I have nothing more to say i yeah. have the, cl- the closest comparison i think i have and i'm just laughing because it's so silly i can't wait for you, you to offend <laughs> tens of thousands of mothers out but there <laughs> i do remember like our first year dating long distance so we were so poor you know we barely afford to see each other and the Chicago Bears made it into playoffs, which is a big deal for me because I'm from Chicago. And it was a weekend you were planning to visit me, and I got tickets to the game. And I remember, I'm like, we see each other once every six weeks, and I have we have three days together, but I really need to go to the Chicago why, Bears. Why couldn't Tim go with you? Um, I only got access to one ticket. Oh, okay, all right, okay. And again, we were poor, okay, so I was like, I got this free ticket. I think she went by herself and just sat there. No, I went with, like, a work colleague who had an extra ticket. So that's probably the closest thing I can think of is comparing that – Tim to my child and the bears to running. But it clearly wasn't enough, um, you know, fear of missing out yeah. to prevent you from sitting me. there. Well, maybe that's because I'm Asian yeah. Yeah. and I'm just cutthroat. I'm sure your Asian listeners are now like, Jessica, you're giving us a bad rap. So. They're like, wow, this this conversation about child-free and having children was a lot more racist than I expected it to be. <laughs> um, I mean, you talking about... Um, you know, kind of making choices and everything. I remember when I was, I forget what marathon I was training for, but my, um, our son, uh, I took him to the playground on a Saturday and he ran straight. He was quite young, ran straight for this, um, chain link, um, kind of thing that was roping off an entrance. And he ran full bore toward it and went just right over it on seemingly on purpose and just blood just spewing out of his nose. And so I like, you know, picked him up and, you know, hustled him to the emergency room, made my husband Jack meet me there. And, but I knew I had a long run the next day. And all I thought was, uh, if this is going to like take like some surgery or something, (laughs) I sort of got Jack on the, on the hook for like, I said something like, I gotta run 18 miles tomorrow. If you need to be here, if we need to be here late, can you stay? I love this. I love this. <laughs> there was nothing. He didn't break anything. Nothing. Like so, we got out of there. But but I immediately went to the like, how can I make sure that I can get out the door tomorrow? It's pretty insane. Yeah, I love it. I yeah. totally approve. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> like immediately, your mind was like, oh yeah. 
<laughs> I kind of got a thing tomorrow. Yeah. I know yeah. there's been 12 of these in that 16-week cycle, but I really would like to hit this one. <laughs> it did strike me, so a lot of comments about get, runs getting interrupted by phone calls from oh, kids yes. and husbands. Mm-hmm. And I, this is the kids I understand because they, you're telling them you're going out, but they don't, they may not fully understand the prioritization. But the husbands, this is my shame to all the husbands that if your spouses, your spouses, if your spouse partner is on a long run, and and you, oh, can you move it over there? Oh, sorry, interruption. The joys of recording live in the Ex Novo studio. Um, If you're partners on a long run and you can't find something just try harder or, or you know, make do yes yeah exactly figure it out mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um that was my takeaway is less about the children but more about the partners <laughs> <laughs> that's fair because yeah we don't need it i guess we could talk about a couple of things that you've seen like from her performance group there was a couple of partners who basically like didn't want to ever watch the kids alone so mm their spouse was unable to continue participating in this performing group because in this case it was the husband that just like didn't feel comfortable or something mm-hmm. it was a very uh, contentious issue but the woman basically had to pull out of the group because mm. her husband an was adult like, show choir yeah like having too many troubles like while she was gone it's like you I this wasn't necessarily what I thought but a lot of the group was like you can't figure this out for like a couple of hours once a week like mm-hmm. you can't find a way to raise your, your kids Right. I mean, the thing the thing that I discovered is, you know, if if there's partners and one of them t- shoulders and accepts the majority of the child rearing, that sometimes it can be hard to relinquish that that control to the other person. Mm, interesting. And that um, for me, I found that, and that was my case. I um, worked from home. I um, you know, chose to be a mom and and was in the home, so I did most of the caregiving. But that it was. So that a lot of times it's just like, oh, I could either explain to Jack how to do it or I could just do it myself. I'm just going to do it myself. Mm -hmm. And so, but when I left, then he had to fend for himself and he did it his way, you know, and that I might have criticized him, you know, for how he was going to do it. But it was a way to get it done, you know. And so I also think, you know, a, a person, you know, when there's somebody else kind of hovering around, like I readily admit I was doing you know, maybe that was kind of hampering his interaction with the children. And so that he was able to foster his relationship with the kids mm-hmm. while I was out without me looking over his shoulder. And by that logic, though, it would make it even more important for for this woman that Correct. we were just telling you about yeah, to stay as part of the yeah, group. Yeah, and, and I mean, so, but definitely all families make decisions about how they want their of, families again, to be and, and back you know to the empathy we have yeah, no idea what else was yeah going exactly on there, and so. all, you know and i mean also a lot of people that if the um both partners work outside the home and you know a sense of when they are home it's family time and mm-hmm. don't take away from family time mm-hmm. so everybody has different kind of definitions about that um i was struck by you know so so we've established that the mommy guilt is real and it can be very um have a very heavy burden to carry around but the kind of the flip side of that, when you can let go of that, there, I love this comment from Kathy, um, and it's uh, they love how running away from your kids is a real thing, mm-hmm. and they think that other the child-free people don't understand that. I, and getting away from little people touching and needing you for a bit is a real motivator that non-parents don't get. So I completely disagree, and I was shocked by that because I was like, I understand we don't have kids. Yeah, you don't like, want- 
<laughs> I think I can. I think I can. You can understand not wanting to be. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. That's that's part of it. Um, and and I'm I'm saying that more standoffish than I mean. But right away I was like, no, I I get it completely. Yeah. Because yeah. when I'm with like, yeah, like it's sort of like if you're a parent, it's just incessant, right? Mm-hmm. Like. There's no no hiding from it. Well, and there's you know, and there's no showering by yourself. Yeah, sometimes, they'll you find know, you. Or, yeah, and they'll stare at you while you're in the shower. And now my dog comes in, and stares at me while I take a shower because huh. he wants to, you know, lick my calves off when I get out. Huh. So yeah, thankfully he's a short dog. Let's just leave it at that. Uh, he's a Frenchie, and um, uh, so yeah, and just you know, people following you into the bathroom, people you know, you know, standing there while you're getting dressed, all all things like that. Um, yeah, it's it can be just. I just need to hear myself think. Um, this is a safe space. Mm-hmm. What is like? What is the thing that irks you the most about child-free runners? Oh, because um, we've done a great job yeah, ta- yeah, talking about the know, odd, like yeah, your your community, but you, Sarah. Yeah, the um, gosh, I did. I even did put in a. Um, um, you know, I think it's the. Um, Perhaps, and this isn't, it could be child free, but it could also be um, socioeconomic. A, a feeling that um, not everyone can afford to fly off somewhere and go do a race. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't want to get guilted into being, you know, saying, oh no, I can't, you know, I don't know, fly to Denver to do rock and roll, or I can't, you know, fly to LA to do the marathon or something like that. I mean, I get to do a lot of the races I do because of work, and I don't know if I would. Um, you know, I mean, all the, again, those are all choices. Yeah. And maybe I would stop eating out, at, you know, when I'm in Portland, so that I could afford to go to Los Angeles. But, but that, um, you know, and we we heard that from some other people um, saying about destination races, which, yep. um, yeah. So, um, and that, I, I, go ahead. One so related to that. So most of my girlfriends have kids, mm-hmm. and one thing that. I struggle with is now that we've moved to Portland, I don't see them often. I may see them once a year, maybe twice if I'm lucky. And I feel like when I see them, they want me to hang out with their kids. But I'm like, I, I like your kids because they're your kids, but I miss our friendship. Sure. And that's one thing I struggle with. And I'm just curious from your perspective, how, how do you see it? Or, or, you know, maybe there's more things I should be thinking about as well. No, I mean, I also think it's important maybe even to just tell your friends, like, hey, I, I love hearing about your son's dance performance and your daughter taking the SATs this weekend, but, like, I'd love to hear what you're up to. What are mm-hmm. you thinking? You know, how, how are things in your life? Mm-hmm. You know, you you know that type of thing. And so just kind of, I don't know, make, making it clear that there's time for both, but that you're a little more um, focused on that. I mean, I, I think a lot of parents get a vibe from people whether or not they want to hear about their kids. Mm-hmm. Whether the, the other party wants to hear about their kids. Yeah. I think if they, I think there are some that might get the vibe but not take it on board. Mm. I think that they're just like, this is the most important thing in their life by a lot. Mm. And they cannot help but share it with you. Oh, Even if they're like, they either are picking it up and are not really receiving it or they're just like not aware. Mm. But... I see this all the time and it's totally understandable. This is like the biggest deal, the most important thing sure. and it should be. Yeah. And I just don't think that they can like separate that from like how like clearly we're friends. This is the most important thing to me, so it must therefore be super important to you. Mm-hmm. And 
that sometimes is true and sometimes it's not. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't necessarily see it a ton where they like mm-hmm. actually consider whether or not the person's into it. Right, and I also wonder if it's a little bit of a time shift. You know, if they're kind of immersed in, they're going to soccer practice, they're dropping the kids off at school, they're going to the school auction, they're surrounded by parents all the time. So then that's the common ground. Like, oh, sure. you know, how ha- you know, how's your kid dealing with the new math teacher? You know, that type of thing. Mm-hmm. And so to be like, oh, okay, wow, okay, I, I, just give me a minute. I can shake all that off. I can leave it behind. Now let's remember, oh, my gosh, how amazing was that that time we went on the, you know, show choir trip to Philly, you know, or whatever it was, Mm -hmm. you know? Uh, I like that you're speaking my language. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and no, I agree, because I I do want to hear about what's important to them, and I do want to hear about their kids, but I also want to know about them. And I also want them to have time to be them and not just mom, because it's hard. It's hard. I feel like that's the sense that I get. Again, I don't know. A lot of people seem to lose, I don't know if they lose their identity I'm going to think out loud through a couple of things that we've seen. They either like lose their identity or they sort of um, everything about their individualism gets subsumed by their role as a mother. And that starts to either redefine or entirely define them. And for lack of a better word, like sometimes that's just a bummer because I don't think who you are should go away because you had kids. Right. I think I think to me that's one of the beauties of another mother runner that women can identify as mother runner and there's two pieces to that. Mm. And that they can be mother and they can be runner and that we find even that um, it's sort of a similar thing that a lot of women come to our retreats because they don't know very many runners in their in their quote unquote regular life. Mm-hmm. And so they have such joy and delight when they can go to these retreats be surrounded by other runners and oh my gosh you'll let me talk all about the chafing problem i have (laughs) and about how much i love going for these goals and they tell us that time and time again it was it's so great for four days to be able to just talk about running whose eyes you know to people whose eyes won't roll back in their heads because they want to talk about running for more than two minutes Mm -hmm. so you know i think um on these retreats would you say conversation is more about being a mother issues or running issues? Running. But I mean, the, I, I like just kind of, you know, oh my gosh, I love your gel manicure. Like what, you know, oh my gosh, that's an awesome color. Mm-hmm. Or, oh, oh you, you know, you love Betty who as well. Like, You're like oh, a very I, dynamic I, conversationalist yeah. though. And, and I'm not trying, <laughs> to, I love I'm not trying manicure. to flatter you, but seriously, like there are some people that just go into like one term that I have heard that I would never use. I would absolutely never use this, but the term is mombi. Where they're oh. just like, that's all I can think about. That's all I can talk about. That's all I can mm. function. Mm-hmm. They just kind of go into that like one mm-hmm. track mm-hmm. mind mm-hmm. that is not you. Oh, yeah, that's not fu- by not by a long that's shot. That's funny. But- I had a friend who um, didn't have any kids, and she said, "You know, sir, it's so funny. I can sometimes forget you're a mom." And- I could totally see that. And I knew that. she meant that as a compliment. Yeah, and- because you're did still you feel like guilty Sarah. about it. Uh, did I feel guilty about it? Um, no, because I think enough other people. Um, no, I also think I don't. Um, I don't strike people as being as compassionate as I like to think I am, and so to oh, me, right. those two things are tied together. So I think it's the same way people are like, "You cook? You needlepoint?" Like I don't seem very domestic. And you're like, "How dare you?" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> um, yeah, I think I also think just a um, a lot of people kind of are swimming around trying to find their identity. So mom is a... Um, it's like an anchor it, point. It is. It's a, bi- you know, it's a big island that you can you know, go and, and crawl up onto the shore and you know, take a breather there. Interesting and, imagery. That's yeah. really good. 
You must be a writer or something. Yeah, yeah. No, that's that's great. You know, and that, um, you know, I mean, I think I, I uh, when I was a rower, I had uh, um, a, in college, I had um, a poster on my wall that had a picture of um, a rowing shell. I'm not sure exactly why it said, but um, we are constantly invited to be who we are. And I oftentimes think of that and that I think being able to show up as your true and authentic self is a real gift to, to, that your friends and family can give you. Mm-hmm. But also maybe um, appreciating that some people really don't know who that person is, who that who their true and authentic self is, and giving them space to explore that. Mm-hmm. And gosh, that has nothing to do with what we're talking about. Oh, um, I, this like, is, it, I think I it like has everything all, to do. With I really what we're do. Talking I about. think I think that's totally valid. Because totally I valid. I think going back to what Tim said about what really. Um, the fact that some people were upset that other people were judging them, but it's like, but if you choose to not prioritize that, that's okay. Mm-hmm. And if you are comfortable with who you are and the choices you make, you're not going to be worried about that. Mm-hmm. You, or you'll be less worried. I mean, everybody I think, in some cases is going to worry about what other people are thinking about, but you can be more comfortable just being like, this is who I am. I've chosen not to prioritize this now. Mm-hmm. Maybe in six months I will, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I feel like one thing that kind of popped up that sort of touches on that, and you mentioned it briefly about like, there were two things. They were in separate comments, but one was about destination races. Mm-hmm. And this person was like, oh, yeah, like, that's what I'm going to do with all of my, quote, unquote, right. extra time and extra money. And, yeah, yeah, family vacation time and dollars. Right, right. Mm-hmm. time off work, all of it. Um, and then just sort of a similar but different example was going for breakfast or brunch after a long Oh, run. my gosh, I, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. So my, my thought with both of those, those were pretty frustrating for me because I'm like, how, how? Does us going out for breakfast after a run impact you or anybody else in the slightest? Yeah. That is so benign. Unless you choose to, like, make it malignant and make it about you and make it negative, I'm doing nothing that affects you. If I go to an international marathon, how is that harming you in any way? Yeah. No, I think it was more. I think. And I don't I mean think, you, Sarah. Uh, no, 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 yeah, yeah, no. Of course, of course. So I think, I think, uh, and that was that was. I know it was Tracy who said that about that. I think sometimes, uh, like, if you're part of a running group, there can be kind of like, oh, come on, mm-hmm. you know, we got you know Lack the discounted empathy. entries, and you know, oh, we can stay at my you know cousin's apartment, and it's just like no, you know, and and. That to say, okay, you know, that's the one weekend, you know, that the kids don't have any games and I should really be home that weekend. It can just sort of be difficult to express why it is they're not making that choice. And maybe it's something that is hard for them because, yeah, they obviously want to go to London for a marathon, mm-hmm. but they're trying to do the right thing and it's maybe made harder by somebody trying to lobby them to like join the trip something like that Mm -hmm. yeah and also that that so i for several years thought i wanted to do the paris marathon paris is my favorite city in the world and i decided though that and so then uh one of my co-hosts tish hamilton who used to be the executive editor of runner's world yes she just ran it and i'm very excited to hear about it and but after my family and I went to Europe for the first time ever all together in, and it was the first time I've been to Europe since I had kids, so that was uh, 17 years that I hadn't and been there, and um, was fortunate enough to go back. 
and suddenly had the and we went to Paris was one of the places we went and I thought there's no way I'm running the Paris Marathon because if I can scrape together enough money and time to go back to Paris I'm not going to ruin it by running 26.2 miles yeah like I'm going to live it up yeah, you know and, I'm not going to stress and, myself over this race and, right yeah. and you know take on and then limp around for you know <laughs> I had a dream last night that I totally forgot about that I ran a marathon and I was so amazed because my legs didn't hurt at all. That's amazing. It's that is, amazing. That is the and, dream. and I just was like, wow, I must have just done it so right. And I didn't remember <laughs> until this very second. But that's a, that's a side note. But that but the, yeah, that was a big yeah, you know, I just said to my husband, you know, that 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 hey honey, I have decided I'm not gonna run the Paris marathon anymore because I my, my th- I was like scheming, I was like, I'm gonna go to Paris without Jack. It's where we got engaged. Like maybe it has a little <laughs> importance in our relationship, and that that I just you know that was a big deal to me, and that you know maybe some people are going to push back and be like, well, Sarah, you know, running's your job. It's like, yeah, but you know, money. But that means I know all about it, yeah. and I know when I don't want it to be a part of my <laughs> right, life. Yeah. Right, because you know I took some awesome awesome runs when I was in Paris in December, and those were enough for me. You know. It's some, there's something to be said for crossing something off your bucket list, but not the way people think when right, you say yeah. I cross something off the bucket mm-hmm. list. Like if you are intentionally just like, eh, that's not a priority for me anymore. Aha. Like mm-hmm. that's another yeah, thing. Like, right. listen, it's not important anymore. Mm-hmm. That's great. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. that means it's being, it's either freeing up something that can be more important yeah. or it's just like something is getting actually moved into the more important mm-hmm. slot. So mm-hmm. I think that mm-hmm. that's, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there was one thing I think we haven't touched enough on the time component mm-hmm. about priorities, but it's also about then about time, and it's and I think that to me is one thing that maybe child-free people don't understand how. Again, you know, okay, so yeah, yes, definitely, you can be working two jobs, be volunteering, caring for that, you know, you know, mom with Alzheimer's, whatever it is, but that they're really are constraints on a mom's time mm-hmm. and whether it's saying someone wrote that they don't have the luxury of going for a run just because the spirit moves them and it's a beautiful day or a song of great you know you listen to the new taylor swift song and it made me feel like going out and running so you know that it's no no no. the time i have to do my run is from 6 to six forty a.m mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. and that's when i get to do it i can't you know press snooze because i can do it later on um yeah, and so that I think there's not that comprehension. Or also, then on the flip side of the runs, you know, the recovery and the, mm-hmm. that you can't just lounge around, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know? And so that it's not just lunch or, you know, brunch or lunch, that type of thing. It's being like, oh, yeah, I'm just going to cash out on the couch yeah. all day. Yeah. Yeah, no. I guess, what as child free people could we possibly do to ameliorate that? Because, like, I, I think I understand it as much as I can. A vast majority of our friends have, running friends, have kids. So I understand that if I want to run with Mike, he's got two kids and he's a doctor and he's busy as hell. Like, I get that he can't, like, run. He can only run at certain times and that's fine. But I don't know what more I could do in my life other than acknowledge that. Like, what what, what can we do? I think it's that acknowledgement. You know, and, it, and so, and also maybe instead of always having, you know, so that let's say you and Mike were going to train together and to say, hey, Mike, we've got, you know, 10 on the schedule tomorrow. Um, what works for you? Mm-hmm. You know, or I know you've got a lot on your plate. Is it, you know, is it okay with, you know, your wife that we go at, you know, so-and-so time? You know, mm-hmm. like, does that work with your family's schedule? Mm-hmm. Also acknowledging that, that it's not just his schedule or if it was a woman friend her schedule but that it's a 
fits into a larger framework of the family sure. schedule. So I, I think, think reframing it yeah. is important. Well, yeah, but like, does, you know, I, I would think that there would be, like Sarah's example is a good one. Like it's a substantive way of acknowledging instead of just paying lip service. Like, no, I get it. Like mm-hmm. that's not helpful if I'm just like, mm, I understand. Mm-hmm. But trying to like show and accommodate that. And I do feel like we tried to do that because I don't think that that's a secret. I think that parents have crazy time demands and that there's not really mm-hmm. something comparable. So, mm-hmm. I, or, or like, let's say Mike has, I don't know the age of Mike's kids, but you know, let's say Mike has a, uh, you know, one and a half and three year old, maybe saying, Hey, you know what? I wouldn't mind if you want, if you have, you know, if you have a double stroller, I'd be fine going down to Springwater corridor and running there because we could push the kids. Sure. So then, you know, then Mike scores really big points with the wife. Cause then she gets to be home alone and I feel like that's a really good idea just offering to bring the kids mm-hmm. on the run that's mm-hmm. that's interesting mm-hmm. yeah. and yeah. part of this is also just like being a good human and being like a good friend mm-hmm. and no, like definitely just trying to be flexible because I'm like listen I, I know that I have certain demands on my time at certain times and you have them and you have more of them and I'm fine accommodating that like because it also can be um, it's not just child free people who think that my running partner Molly who I love with all my heart it has kids who are older than mine are and so and, and she didn't have um you know multiple so twins i feel add a little um bit to the mix particularly my incredibly high energy ones um and so that that she would be like hey let's go for a trail run and here in portland a trail run and somebody touched on this in one of the comments means having to drive somewhere you're going to run slower because it's trail so it's it's it takes longer you get more yeah, dirty like yeah it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's a, a lot more time and I just had to keep on being like, no, I can't, I can't do that. Like, I can't, like, and, and yes, I could, but I, w- I knew what my day was going to be like. It was going to be dominoes if I did that. Mm-hmm. And suddenly the, you know, maybe the 20 minutes I had for a shower would go out the window or whatever. So yeah. so it can, it can be, you know, that once you're out of a phase with kids, you can forget what it's like for those people who are in the thick of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Um, and also, I think acknowledging that it's not just young kids. That, um, I mean, we, we sometimes say, you know, uh, small kids, small problems, big kids, big problems. And that it's, oh my gosh, I have to work, help them with their essays or make sure all their applications for college are, are in on time or whatever it is. Or, you know, manage their, you know, find a therapist for them because they're suffering from anxiety, you know, whatever yeah. it is. So, um, yeah. Yeah, I think that's important and helpful. Yeah. 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 Uh, Anything else that we haven't touched on? Um, oh, let's see. So, um, oh, uh, being uh, overlooking the fact that people haven't taken a shower. That's important. Mm-hmm. Uh. <laughs> oh, I, I have friends runners, like this. If that's an issue, then you're just faking it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's true. That's true. <laughs> oh, I, I took issue with one thing that I think you touched on, but I think it's an important enough point that it might bear revisiting. Somebody said... What possible obstacles could keep a child-free person from going on a run? That was a breathtaking comment to me because mm-hmm. it doesn't acknowledge any of these things. Like a 10-second brainstorm could come up with mm-hmm. a lot of really intense things that could mm-hmm. keep keep people away, whether it's illness, addiction, death, mm-hmm. whatever. There's mm-hmm. tons of things. Sure. And I think just like I understand some people also get carried away in like a forum like that where they were kind of, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it starts to escalate a little bit. But just everybody just think I don't actually know what that person has going on mm-hmm. and I know my situation another thing that like kind of struck me was a lot of the people in there were talking about how much harder running is and just different 
being a human are like how much harder certain things are if you have children and they didn't like it, it kind of I'm not saying this very well but it struck me that somebody would kind of chime in and say I'm actually a single mom and your life yes. is super yes. easy compared to my life like I do get very bored by victim Olympics like mm-hmm. this like no 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 I've got it harder no no mm-hmm. I've got it harder but it does promote some self-awareness when you're like these people have it so easy they have it so easy and then a single mom's like oh you have a you have a partner who watches your kid while you yeah, run and, and fixes Holy the light bulb shit, that, that needs a, replacing yeah that's like empties the dishwasher that's like paradise mm-hmm. so i do think that those sort of like okay everybody just like check what you have going on and reserve judgment because there are other people out there with other stuff going on that you just don't know about mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah and ultimately yeah. my perspective is always if anybody's listening to this podcast we probably all just have first world problems so <laughs> right that's right. always my like whenever i complain i'm like it's not a big deal and you know yeah yeah i had um I like this comment from Leanne, and it was kind of about no envy. And she says, nothing irks me. I had a hard time being motivated to run until I had kids. I was forced to make myself a priority and take better care of myself. I never look at children, uh, I never look at childless runners with anything other than wishing I had become a runner earlier and stuck with it. This one blew me away. I have it on my notes as well. Like I just said, amazing and extremely healthy. Yeah. Like you could choose to take the inverted point of view on that and just like resent and dislike and be angry about and be frustrated by everybody else doing things that maybe you wish you did or maybe you you used to do or whatever it might be I feel like that is the most like healthy point of view Mm -hmm. to take because it's just like celebrating everything about who she is and and what her life entails Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah because I mean I think I think it's when when you have demands of any type on yourself that that's when you learn how to prioritize absolutely true you know Yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah My my dad always had a saying like if you want something done, give it to a busy person because they know how to. They're like in doing mode. They're like I can put it in the cycle. I can get it done. Uh-huh, uh-huh. That's good. That's good. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think it's time for a beer. I think yeah. so. Yes, you were gonna make fun of us because Jessica and I both had beers at the beginning of the podcast because <laughs> we have just time and money. Oh, have you seen the stickers? So you know the the car stickers that have like. You know, family. maybe yeah, like yeah. like a family sticker, and, a and there's like stick <laughs> figures, and then there's ones of like, you know, two adults, and just like a slice of pizza and a bag of money and an airplane <laughs> and like all these. Have you ever seen these? They're like I've not seen them. They're they're we kind don't of have one. Just so everyone's that, clear. No. <laughs> but when it's like, oh, we're drinking beer and Sarah's not, I thought that that was. But now it Inter- is time. An interesting separation, but yes, we will enjoy the wonderful Ex Novo beer and pizza. Yes. But this was a super fun conversation. Yeah, thanks for indulging us. And I mean, yes. it's always good to and really have like I had full confidence that this would be a very like even-handed, you know, fair conversation. Oh, most definitely about yeah. something that people have like a really intense emotional investment in. And that's usually a recipe for really terrible conversations. Yeah, no, and, and it was just, you know, and the, we kind of asked them to get their, their irk on, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, and yeah. so I, I don't think people in the Mother Runner community are out there, you know, right. um, being I think, dismissive I think of, of child-free people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's you know? like this and, is a safe place to just Yeah, and I, you know, and, and the, the, another Mother Runner community has people who, do, you know, despite our business name, you know, we have people who don't have kids in the community and, you know, all that stuff. So, um, yeah. There was yeah. one that I just want to close with. And yes. this was sort of along the lines of when I said a lot of the comments don't actually have too much to do with child-free people. They're just, like, generally frustrated with some of the things that come with being a mom. Um, I should have 
I should have recorded her name, but she said, uh, when I'm pushing the pace and my toddler thinks it's fun to throw his snacks overboard, so I have to stop. Oh, that was Kat. I just thought that was funny because she's not even complaining. She's just like, this is my life. <laughs> <laughs> and she's mighty badass. So, oh, I believe uh, it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Love it. Well, thank you so much for the time. Uh, thank you, everybody out there who submitted comments on the Another Mother Runner Facebook page. This was super fun and really, like, insightful. So And happy it. Mother's Day. Happy oh, Mother's Day, everybody. Yes. Very much. I'm going to a concert that night right near here. I'm going to see Betty Who at the nice. Wonder Ball. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Fun. Yeah. Well, enjoy. And uh, thanks again. Yeah, thank you.